Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all basketball, baseball, really all sports, your info, your stats. News and analysis, you can get the latest odds, news, and info for everything, even in to the NBA. Final Four, NBA playoffs, MLB season, it's all upon us. And Bet Online is your sports information headquarters for all seasons. So if you love sports info, score, news, podcast, you can find everything at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action and be sure to use our promo code believe that is B L E A V and they're going to give a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag where the game starts. Yes indeed. War Eagle, everyone. Welcome to Believe in Everything Auburn. I am Taylor Davis. He is Jason Campbell. No surprise, Tay and Jay back at it with you. Episode two for the week, the final week of the Tigers spring ball, culminating in a day in about 48 hours, Jay. We're getting close. So we're going to send you guys into spring game weekend with one more quick recap episode. Hope you've had a great couple of days since we last spoke. This whole two-episode-a-week format thing, Jay, uh, we're just uh, <laughs> cranking out a lot of content, but I think it'll bode well once we get into uh, season, right? Like, uh, to yeah. be able to recap on one episode and preview on the next. So hopefully our listeners are kind of getting into the groove as we are. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you always want to recap during the season on a Monday, and then yeah. on Thursday you want to start previewing a game. Uh, for Saturday, and yeah. like I said, with me actually doing the radio analyst now, uh, I think it's going to make it really fun because, you know, I can give a lot of insights, intels from what we've seen yeah. on Saturday and what we're going to see following the next Saturday. So, and it was your intel, you know, you're traveling, covering games, doing yeah. different kind of things as well. You're able to give a lot of insight on people that just love football in general because right. it's not just the SEC, but all these conferences, especially with, you know, different formats is going to be changing here I, pretty much after this season. Yeah. You know, we may be going to a 12-team playoff. So there'll be plenty to talk about. Our listeners are going to be the most well-rounded football <laughs> podcast listeners out there. So we are happy to bring you all the info as it comes in. Jay, are you at all, I know the answer to this, but are you at all <laughs> nervous about your new role? I mean, you've been doing this in some capacity for so long. You Obviously, the podcast has been going on for a long time. You've done TV work, but... I'm just curious, like you're you're filling shoes of someone that I know you admire and respect and and you'll be around the program in a different capacity. Any nerves for you? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I think a lot of it will come during the season, uh, yeah. not for a spring game. Spring game is so vanilla. And plus, I've been the one to cover the last couple of years uh, during the A-Day game because True. Andy has uh, been with baseball mostly. So but I think once the season come around and it's like real game action and, you know, <laughs> I think I'd be a little bit at that time because honestly, Stan has done such a great job for 20, 20 something years. Yeah. And to step into those shoes, you want to make sure that you can give the the people that listen and make them feel like they're actually at the game. Right. And, uh, and, and break down every scenario that you're seeing. But I have to do it in my way, though, you know, in the way oh. that I, I know football, the way I've learned it and 
also just uh, picking some things that Stan did really well, but also doing it Jason's way. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that's the best way you can do things is just, uh, you know, do it. You know, you learn from others, but then you also have to put your own stamp on it. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And, you know, I had a chance to work with Andy. I think the most thing I'd be nervous about, Taylor, is when do I say something and when do I not say something sometimes? Yeah. You know, yeah. I think building, building that chemistry with Andy is going to be the key. Um you know, understanding, allow him to utilize his voice, but then knowing when my voice is supposed to check in, you totally. know, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, different than playing football, you know, you have to get into a rhythm and your teammates and everything. So it's the same thing in this scenario. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. And Stan even mentioned it when we had him on mm-hmm. the podcast, I guess it was like a couple months ago now, <laughs> He's he mentioned the kick six call in particular. He said, you know, I, I kind of knew to let Rod take it. Like it sometimes less is more and, and learning when to kind of get, heck, I deal with that as a sideline reporter role too. Sometimes my input is, is really going to add, but sometimes it could take away from what the guys in the booth are saying, but it, it is, it's a dance and and you kind of find your rhythm and, and the more you do it, the better you get. I'm not worried about you in the slightest, but I was just curious what your perspective is. It's, it's different than being out there under center, but you'll, you'll bring yeah, your your edge to I, it i don't have to worry about getting hit but i do have to make sure that my listeners <laughs> are, are, are oh man involved. some crazy play happens andy may get to pushing you a little bit yeah you know but see we got gene that's gene that's our marketer guy that uh kind of points out the numbers <laughs> and the names that sits in between us so you know gene will get <laughs> there's a gene buffer will get hit first yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, I cannot wait to listen to you and we will get a little teaser of it this weekend at 8A. And obviously we have talked about it ad nauseum because with spring ball comes a little bit of updates that we can break down. And we've certainly done that, but we'll go ahead and and discuss a little bit more spring game happening on Saturday, one o'clock. I actually think 120 is the official kickoff, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And we talked about the format the other day and just kind of how Hugh Freeze is going to do that. And obviously it's, it's kind of a a balance of, of your depth, your injuries or lack thereof. um, And to not divulge a ton of information because like Hugh said, an advantage that we currently have is a new coaching staff, first time we've all been together. And so there's not a ton known about us and our opponents, the brief bit of advantage that that can provide for a little bit, we're going to hold on to it. And we are not going to throw that away for a spring game. So all of that combined into this format that they have decided to utilize for a day. So they're going to have the defense start with a lead of I saw three touchdowns. We'll see if that's official or not. And then the offense will be told various places of the field to begin based on Hugh Freeze's decisions to try and catch up or surpass the defense's total. So that is how they're going to be doing things. We have also discussed what else is going on around campus. Baseball is hosting Texas A&M for a series. Frank Thomas is having his statue unveiled. I read that He is going to be there and is bringing like 30 family members and making a weekend out of it. So it's going to be an exciting weekend on the Plains. But as far as football goes, Jay, we, of course, have talked about the quarterback position. All three of those guys have gotten time with the first team in spring camp thus far. We've talked about Jarquez Hunter. We've talked about Justin Rogers. We've talked about these guys that have really shown out. Who are some guys that maybe aren't 
big names, aren't the notable ones that you think could benefit from this opportunity on Saturday? Ooh, I think a guy like Lawrence Johnson, uh, the transfer from Purdue. Uh, okay. You know, he's a guy that's D lineman. I know Justin takes a lot of that, uh, you know, accolades and stuff when it comes to the big name in that position. But they also got Mosea. I think it's Kite. As uh, you know, he's the guy that from Maryland, the transfer defensive mm-hmm. lineman in that same position. But Elijah McAllister, uh, the guy that transferred over from Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. you know, he's gonna be playing that Jack position. With our true freshman, uh, Keldrick Fault, you know, there's a lot of expectations for Keldrick and what other, other better person to have him paired with at the same position than someone like Elijah that's played mm-hmm. in the SEC for three years and one that can kind of help him develop and, and catch on faster. So, you know, that's a, that's an intriguing uh, linebacker group. I will, I'm looking forward to seeing, it. of course, Austin Keys, uh, yeah. linebacker transfer. From Ole Miss, uh, you know, he's going to be playing beside Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley and, like I said, the Jack position with uh, Falk and, and Elijah. So the linebacker is going to be a really key for this defense, uh, especially yeah. because they're a 34 base defense. Um, when you think about the secondary, you know, Kyanne Lee, you know, he's the flip transfer, that the flip that we got from Ohio State that signed with Auburn on signing day. And uh, he enrolled in January, and this guy is making a lot of noise especially since J.D. Ram is out right now with an mm-hmm. uh, injury. He's gotten a lot of reps, and they're excited about what his talents and his skills is going to bring this fall. If you're looking for a change of position, Jalen Simpson, you know, everyone knew him at the third corner for Auburn, is now playing the safety position. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good move for him uh, to utilize some of his speed and quickness back there. We are short a little bit at the safety position, but you got Donovan Coffin, who's playing a little bit of the nickels, nickel uh, guy. Along with Keontae Scott, he's more of a hybrid guy that will play corner and nickel. So defensive side of the ball, look for some guys to be moved around a little bit. Uh, yeah. Offensively, we always talk about the receivers we have. Everyone wants to see Nick Martiner, the big tall guy. Everyone wants to see the Camden Brown, you know, the extension of Camden Brown. Camden yeah. talked about it himself this week, Taylor. He said, he said, last year, I'd never been in a huddle. When I was at St. Aquinas High School down in, in, in Florida, he said, we never huddled. We played fast. Huh. So it, it felt weird to him last year. And this year, he said, being able to get in and out of the huddle or being able to go at a tempo pace, he felt like he can play faster and play better. So wow. those are a little bit headliners to look at. But everyone knows Gunnar Britton, right tackle, transferred from Western Kentucky. And then we got our big guy, Dylan Wade, left tackle, transferred over with Coach Montgomery from Tulsa. So uh, the offensive line is going to look completely different this year. And we welcome that because, man, has it struggled <laughs> in the past seasons. I think it was Lack this week that said the offense. Wow, I really got a giggle out of you. Um, I think Lack this week said the offensive line is going to be one of our strengths. And heading into season on the heels of spring ball, coaches hadn't said that at Auburn in quite a few years. Like the offensive line has been an area of we got to get guys healthy. We, we got to have continuity. Like there's been an almost an air of like, uh uh-oh, when it comes to the offensive line. And now that is the area that everyone's like, whew, okay. So that is certainly encouraging, especially with the question mark at the quarterback position. I also, I I really want to watch Damari Alston and Brian Batty. I think that number two is going to be interesting. Obviously, Damari Alston showed a lot, but I've seen some high praise for Batty coming out of of, uh, spring ball. And You know, I think while we've talked about Jarquez and this is absolutely his year, the coaches are saying, you know, this is the best backup coach. Like he is really impressing and we know that. But 
a number one running back is only as strong as the depth because of the wear and tear that it is going to take on your body, especially against these SEC defensive fronts. You have to have a reprieve. We used to say that about Tank. Tank is going to be better if they pull him out and let Jarquez go. So Jarquez has to have that too. And so I'm curious who's that next in line, Who who's going to be that guy to serve as kind of, I don't know that it will be the one-two punch that Tank and Jarquez was, depends on the development of Alston and Batty. But I think that that, that position is is interesting to watch because that number two is incredibly important. I, I think the quarterback and the running back, those one-two on the depth chart are highlighted for a reason because the impact that they will make if something happens to the one or if the one is, you know, a little winded and needs a break, like that is imperative to the progress of this offense. So I, I think the two of them will also be interesting developments to watch. Yeah, I think it's going to be better. Uh, I honestly think the running back room is going to be better than it was a year ago because you got Jeremiah Carr, a freshman out of Montgomery, who's highly touted, that's coming in. But like I said, Damari Austin, I think he's a great complimentary back to to Jarquez. But then yeah. you add in a guy that was All-American special teams last year, Brian Batty. I don't know if it's Batty or Batty, but we'll figure that out. But <laughs> And Brian Batty, you know, he's a guy that he's very electric. I watched him two weeks ago in a scrimmage. And when the ball gets, the ball gets to his hands, it's like zero to 10 so quickly, you mm-hmm. know, it's like you flinch, you miss him. And that's the, that's the dynamic that he's going to add to this offense when it comes to the passing game. And when it comes to draws and screens and, you know, even between the tackles, because as a linebacker, you got to look around those offensive linemen to see this guy. So yeah. you don't know where he's at. So I think the backfield is going to be really good. Jacquez is going to be more, most of the bell cow guys, you know, the carrying the big loads, but He's got a great complimentary backfield in that room. I think that's going to carry us throughout this season and uh, be ready to utilize these guys, see these guys utilize in a lot, a lot of different ways. And uh, some of the guys you really hadn't talked about, Taylor, Jeffrey Amber, you know, oh, a transfer yeah. guy that came over last year. You know, he's changed his number to number one on defense, and uh, they say he's playing really good right now. He's, he's doing really good to the D-line position. And Marcus Harris, Marcus Harris is mm-hmm. another guy to pay a lot of attention to. Uh, they got some playing time last year, but it's going to come back. And then Markevious Walker, who transferred and came back. So, you know, he's a guy. So there's guys popping up everywhere so that we thought that had been forgotten. And all of a sudden they're back here and they're in the action and they don't have opportunity to contribute this year. And I think a lot of that is because the new coaching staff is more willing to, easier to talk to. I listen to a lot of these guys talk. Yeah, They say you can walk into Coach Free's uh, office and talk to him just like you did with Lack in the last four games of the year. You know, he's very receptive. He's very like he listens. He, you know, and I think you need that, especially with these with these new group of kids nowadays, especially Auburn. We had a rough two years. Like We need a complete, complete overhaul. Yeah. I I mean, even from a media perspective, Hugh has been very forthcoming and very transparent about good, bad, unsure. Mm -hmm. And the last regime said next to nothing. So I, I think it's a, a totally different start. And and that's ultimately what spring game is going to be a, a look into. But I don't think it, you know, is anything breaking news. As far as the QBs go, do you do you assume three will get equal playing time? Do you I mean Robbie was dealing with some shoulder soreness, but I haven't heard anything that he wouldn't be available or anything like that. Do you think three will play the same amount? I can probably probably anticipate that uh, because think yeah. about it. 
What's moved up, Taylor? You just talked about it before we started on the show. Uh, transfer portal is now moved up between April 15th and April 30th. So now you don't have to wait to May 15th and May 30th. So Correct. there's a lot of guys that's still out there that's going to be available come come next two weeks. So mm -hmm. if I'm one of these quarterbacks, I'm going out there and at least trying to have a performance based off my accuracy. I know I can't get hit. So I know if I take off and run, no one knows I'm really would have got tackled or not. No one's listen, looking at that. What coaches are looking at is precision. Can you get through your progressions without turning the ball over? Can we right. not have all these false movements and, and false penalties or, or fumbling snaps and different things like that that can get you beat because those are the small things? I think they're just looking at that from that standpoint. But I do expect to see Holden Gurner probably a little bit more than Robbie and TJ just okay. because they need to see him. They need to, yeah. They don't really have a lot to go off of when it comes to him. Uh, the other two guys, they've kind of you know put a lot of things on tape that they can look at and say, okay, he can do this, can't do that, you know, things like that. But True. we'll see. You mentioned the transfer portal. Let's talk about that. So this was another one of the rules that was suggested in meetings in October. It has now been accepted or passed or whatever. It is effective immediately. So the transfer portal spring window, which was initially slated for May 1st to 15th, has been brought up so it is now april 15th through the 30th and if you are auburn if you're any of these schools who have their spring games in the first couple of weeks of april i think you love this right i mean this this helps the coaches tremendously the players are automatically i think a handful of them use spring ball and and ending in the scrimmage on your spring game to really kind of have a taste of where you stand and what this thing is going to look like. And do you think that your growth is most likely to happen here or are you ready to move on? That all pretty much, it, it kind of all disperses after spring game. And so as a coach, like, let's not waste time. Let's dive into that. I know what I know now. I'm not going to have any new insight Two weeks from now, come May, it just prolongs the inevitable of the chaos that ensues when that window opens again. And I know Hugh Freeze didn't want to start spring practice as early as they did, but now with this, I actually think it aligns really well. Well, the other thing, too, I don't want people to get all uproar if they see like seven or eight guys entering the transfer portal. Like That's going to be normal because yes. anytime you have a new coaching staff comes in, uh, you know, they implement their system. They see who they have on the roster because they don't know anything until they get these guys out there on the field. Right. Like now they had a chance to have these guys on the field for three and a half weeks. You know, they see which guys may fit the system, which guys may feel like it's better for them to move on and go elsewhere. So some of these decisions are going to be mutual decisions. And yeah. I want people to say, oh, man, they got eight, nine guys departing. Like, oh, going crazy. Like, what's going on? Like, guys, it's part of the process. Welcome to the new world of transfer portal. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, you're going to lose some, but then some are mutual decisions. And then guess what? That's going to open up eight or nine spots for Auburn to go out and get eight or nine more guys that can come in to help this football team. So, you know, so understand what's happening and what's transpiring here. So I don't want people right. just to get up roar if they see this because those are spots that we can use that we may need to have open to go and get some guys. Totally. And I also think what people don't know to be the case is a lot of times coaches sit down with players and say, look, mm -hmm. 
I think it's in your best interest that you go somewhere else. Like a, a lot of coaches, I have been in a lot of meetings with coaches being like, we're transparent with our guys because we don't want them to waste opportunity. Like right. if we know your skill set is not matching what we're about to try and do, it is my duty as a coach to be transparent with you if I think that I would be doing you a disservice by you not pursuing other opportunities. Those conversations happen from the coach's side too. Like I think people view the transfer portal as 100% a player just dipping out and wanting something different. A lot of times they're getting the insight from their coaches that maybe I am not fitting in in what they see for the future either. Right. And that's a, you're exactly 100% right. Like you're a freshman or a sophomore you know, I understand you might want to stick around because, you know, you're still developing. But if you're right. a junior and you're like, okay, my opportunities are I want to be seen so I can have a shot to play at the next level or some form of professional sport football moving forward, then I need to have film. And yeah. you may not be fitting this system. You may be like, okay, look, I tried. I tried to be here. It's just not working. And then you and the coach may sit down and have a mutual decision. He may say, well, hey, if you decide to go into the transfer portal, maybe I got some friends elsewhere that runs a similar system but a system that maybe just kind of tailored to your skill set and yeah. that maybe we can get on the phone and maybe I can help you get transferred to that school, you know? So just different things like that uh, when it comes to, to when it comes to transfer portal. So not all of it looks bad. Uh, sometimes it's a fit. And these guys only have four years. They really only right. have four years to, to make something happen. And I've said this before, I'm all about being committed. You know, you sign up for something, you stick to it, you know, you work through it. But sometimes it's not for everybody. Sometimes, you know, you can see the writing on the wall. Like, hey, I've been here long enough. It's not changing. Right. I just need to go elsewhere. And uh, you've seen that some great stories that's happened before with other players. So, yeah. you know, I just think it's how you look at it, how you dissect it and process it. But, um, you know, this is the new world and this is how it's going to be. Right. And I think like everything, because honestly, when we talk about the transfer portal, we sound like we're contradicting ourselves. And in some ways we are, but that's because <laughs> it's not so black and white. It, it's not a one size fits all topic. I, I feel the same way about NIL. Like there's aspects of it that I get and there's aspects of it that I hate and I think are robbing us of some of the purity of college sports. So I, these issues, these topics that we're all debating, we're debating them because there's two sides and, and both can be true at the same time. And so I think for the transfer portal, it's not so much an aversion to the portal. It's making sure the motivation is in the right place and for the right reason. Because if a coach looks at you and says, look, it is not going to happen. I can't use you in this system or I need something different than you. That is a much different conversation than a coach telling a player, I need you to be patient or I need you to work harder. Sometimes guys are leaving because they're told that. Or it's a money thing. Those drives, that's where I get frustrated at the portal because I think that we are being driven by the wrong thing. If a coach tells a player, we are going to hold you back from opportunity if you stay here, I think the portal is a fantastic thing. If a, a guy's life circumstances change and he needs to be closer to family but not give up his dream of playing football, I think it's a great thing. If you're just trying to pit school against school for a check or if you just don't want to compete with the guys that are on your roster, I think it's a cop-out. So both can be true at the same time. Oh, yeah. And you have to sit down and actually like decipher like what you really want because yeah. – at the end of the day, you know, money is involved in all these situations. And and that's the hardest thing about this is gauging like where this kid's heart is. Is it, sure. you know, does he does he really want to be here or is he just chasing money? Because if you get, go out and you sign a player just chasing money, you're not going to get his best effort because 
you know, because he came for the wrong reasons. I mm-hmm. want him to say, yeah, look, this is the right fit for me. This is, I know it in my heart. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then also from an NIL perspective, I see the opportunities that I have here because I am playing the SEC. I am on national TV a lot. It mm-hmm. will help grow my name, image, and likeness. So, you know, we can just sit down and try to figure out like what's a good, a good number, a good spot for me and everything like that then that's fine because if you're chasing dollars, you're going to be chasing dollars your entire life and you're yeah. never going to be settled and be happy. So I think a lot of these kids have to understand that uh, it takes having the right people around them. Uh, that's where it starts at. I, I think you're so big are, on that. You yeah, go back to that 18, all yeah. the time. It's 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah. You know, like they're listening to what those around them are saying. You you're know, right. it could be a high school coach. It could be a parent. It could be a trainer. You know, it could be a principal. It can be, you know, anybody that they consider that they listen to. That's yeah. why I say always know who you're listening to and uh, and, and who has the right influence in your life. Because some people are around you to get something for themselves. And then some people are around you because they love you and they want to see you prosper. And I think that it it holds such weight coming from you because you can literally put yourself in those shoes and I know you and and what you did to set yourself up well for your future after football and how successful you've been in life after your sport. And I'm sure you can think back to that time and go, it could have gone so differently if I had negative influences in my life or if I was listening to the wrong people over people like my family or people that I knew I could trust. Like you can associate so closely how differently things could have gone for you if you listen to those voices. Now think about doing it at 18 years old. All right. But with an agent, some of these guys are getting. That isn't yeah. doing it because of their true love for you. So it's right. it's just a different world that they are operating in right now. And so I think all the conversations are layered and and sometimes contradictory because there's no set way to do it and and there's a lot of room for error so and i like to say this too a lot of people think from an nil perspective that it's just businesses just giving money that's not true these people don't get a tax right off of this so anyone that's given to nil whether it's a business or whether it's just a your everyday fan or just whomever like they're giving because they just love auburn it's a gift yeah it's a gift so i always try to and and tune these guys to understand this is a gift. No one have to do this. They're only doing this because they care about their program and they want to see you be, they want to see you succeed, but they want their program to succeed as well. Right. Like, so don't get caught in yourself or just taking advantage of thinking people are supposed to give you this. They don't have to. So yeah. there's a difference. So true. Um, Well, before we close, I did want to give a quick update on baseball. Hopefully, a lot of people that are going to A-Day are also going to check out the baseball team. Again, hosting Texas A&M this weekend for a three-game set starting tonight. Tonight's first pitch is at 7, Friday's first pitch is at 6, and Saturday will be 3.30. So it'll be after A-Day, which I think is perfect. You come out of Jordan-Hare, go right down the hill over to Plainsman Park and enjoy some baseball. Um, But this team... It is pitching, man. Pitching is, I mean, that goes without saying, right? It's freaking baseball. But Butch Thompson has spoken a lot about our guys needing needing to be able to go longer, the starters needing to be able to go longer. But a lot of these guys are young, man. They they brought in a lot of young arms, a lot of inexperienced arms, and and that comes with growing pains, and it takes time. So uh, the starters are averaging 3.1 innings per SEC start right now. The bullpen has had a couple of rough games. They've allowed 30 
combined runs over the last two game threes. So definitely just kind of an experience level thing and and getting the pitching to go a little bit longer is, is the focus at this point of season. But they're really at a pivotal point up their schedule. So if anyone is contemplating going this weekend, make sure you go check them out and support. They are 18, 10, and 1 overall, 3 and 6 in the SEC. And so is Texas A&M, 3 and 6 in the SEC and 18 and 11 on the season. So it's going to be a well-matched SEC matchup in the midst of some football. So it'll be a great weekend on the plane. So with that, we will send you in to all of the Auburn greatness this weekend. And we thank you so much for listening and following along or watching. If you're on YouTube, we are on Believe's YouTube channel. Happy to see you. Um, and we will be back next week to break down all the A-Day action. Best of luck to you, JKM. You're going to call a fantastic spring game. I can't wait to hear all about it. And fans, if y'all are going enjoy it as well. And then come on back next week. You can subscribe and get a notification when we release that episode, if you haven't done that already. And we look forward to breaking it all down with you on Believe in Everything Auburn presented by Bet Online. For Jason Campbell, I am Taylor Davis. Got it right that time. We'll see you next week, people. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.